you ready to be inspired, challenged, and strengthened in your faith walk? Are you ready to get breakthrough from those old cycles and thought patterns that you just can't seem to get freedom from? Then you've come to the right place. You are going to get freedom, you are going to get breakthrough, and you are going to get healing because that's the life that Jesus paid for. This podcast is not just talk. We're going to live it. I want to personally welcome you to my little podcast corner. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so excited for what God's going to do for our time together today. Whether you're driving in traffic to work, out on a morning run, or sipping your coffee in a comfy chair, let's get our hearts ready for today's word. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Not Just Talk. It's me, Jillian Ahonen. Thank you for carving out time to join me today. I have something a little bit different that I'm going to share with you today. I have been praying and asking the Lord what I should talk about on this week's episode, and I really felt like he just said, talk about your walk with me, talk about your relationship and your journey and what that looks like, where you came from and 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 where you are today, and honestly, it's, it's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, it's why I'm in full-time ministry. He's why I'm in full-time ministry. It's not for me. I don't do this podcast for me. I'm not on social media for me. I I do post family things here and there, um, but really, there's just something that has transpired, something that is just so beautiful, so meaningful, and so powerful, and so intimate, and so sacred that is cultivated between me and my Heavenly Father, which is what Jesus paid for. And I'm, I'm praying and believing that as I share straight from my heart, just whatever the Holy Spirit highlights for me to share today, um, that it's going to minister to you, that it's going to meet you, that He's going to meet you, that it's going to um, maybe even bring you to a deeper hunger to have intimacy with God, to know Him on a, on a depth and a level that is so beautiful and powerful that you just you just can't help but be changed because it's who He is. When He comes into every crack and crevice of our life, we become different. People notice the difference. People see the difference. They feel the difference. And all of a sudden, we are living out as new creations in Christ Jesus with a new identity, with the mind of Christ, with a faith so incredible that that we walk on water that there's that we're so willing to get out of our boats and that's kind of what I want to share with you today that's what I want to impart into your life today as I just share simply my story my relationship and why I'm doing what I'm doing so but before I really keep going (laughs) um, I want to give you a few updates if you missed the last episode I've been making some changes on my website I really want it to be a place when somebody stumbles upon JillianAhonan.com that they feel like they've gotten to know me, but they're also getting inspired and equipped and challenged and maybe encouraged to go deeper in their faith journey. I'm going to have a Q&A. We're going to have videos coming out. Um, There's words of encouragement already up on my website, so you can sift through um, just things that I've already written. I'm going to be revamping those a little bit. I'm my I have a incredible friend named Alice who's going to go through and she's going to be my editor editor for my website. I'm so excited to work with her. She's amazing. She's such a gift that I know God has brought her into my life. We've really connected. Um and she was my final editor for my book Ripple Effect. So, anyway, we've we've built a relationship over time and she's just become somebody so sweet to me and she is going to 
make sure my writing is grammatically correct because I write, I don't edit. <laughs> so there's that. Um, but you can sign up for the Be in the Know on my website and you'll get a personal letter from me just letting you know anything new, any podcast, um, Q&A video, a book, I'm going to be working on devotionals, just anything that I want to put out that I want you to know about, it's going to be Be in the Know so you can subscribe and you'll get a letter in your inbox. That should be set up shortly. Um, I'm working on that. <laughs> and uh, I do have a mobile app for those of you who don't know. It's a free mobile app, Jillian Ahona Ministries. Download it from your app store. And again, you will get a personal notification of everything I put out, including every day at 12 o'clock. There are some days I forget, so forgive me. Uh, there is an actual human being behind that app who writes and puts those out. That would be me. Uh, but I do a truth break every day at 12. Um, and if you are, if social media is not your thing, I put out a word of encouragement every morning through that app. So you'll get direct notification and obviously anything podcast, video, publishing. Sometimes I, God will put a, you know, put a prayer on my heart and I'll put that out randomly on that app. So that's another way that you can stay connected with me. And if social media is your thing, join me. Connect with me on social media. I am on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. And recently, I've become more consistent on TikTok. So there you go. Join with me. Stay connected. Uh, I am taking the month of April off. It is family vacation, including my daughter and son in love and their two sweet boys. We Every single year, we've been doing this for, gosh, 10 or 11 years now, we take one week through spring break. We go away to a city near Palm Springs as a family, come together now that my daughter is married and she's got a family. We all come together, so we just kind of stop, pause, and do that. So we've got family vacation and um, it's mine and my husband's wedding anniversary, that his birthday, and obviously, hello, it's we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus in April. And so there's just a lot going on. And, I, and as I prayed through it, I just felt like the Lord was like, you know what? Give yourself the month of April off of your podcast. So I will be back first week, May 3rd, first Wednesday. So again, if you want that notification, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or stay connected with me with one of those avenues that I mentioned and you will get that next podcast. During the month of April, you know what? Catch up on some podcasts that you haven't listened to that I've put out. Or most importantly and better than listening to more messages, take the message that I'm sharing with you today and go deeper in intimacy with Jesus. So here we go, my story. I was raised in a Christian home. My parents were saved when I was a toddler, and I think, I'm guessing, I'm assuming that their newfound salvation was impacting my life because I think I was about four years old, and I wanted to pray and invite Jesus to live into my heart too. And I remember very clearly kneeling in a little circle with my mom and dad and inviting Jesus to live in my heart in our living room on this, like, you know, this old shaggy kind of red carpet with these orange draperies that were so ugly, but hey, it was the style <laughs> back in the 80s, right? And uh, I remember inviting Jesus to live in my heart, and I had such a hunger and such a passion for Jesus as a little girl. I went to a private school for eh, not very long, maybe two years out of my little life, but I was, I was always involved at church. Uh, I went to cubbies and sparks and memorized scriptures. I was a part of youth group and 
had honestly powerful encounters at those youth events. So if you are a parent with a teenager, find a solid youth group and encourage your kids to go to those summer camps and those winter camps. They were beautiful and powerful. And honestly, it was those monumental moments where I experienced real God on such a personal level that drew me to his heart. And you'll understand as I go along, but I mean, it's just, there's something different about not sitting next to your parents in church, but sitting with a bunch of kids that are your age. It was the first time that I really worshiped God with my whole heart, lifting my hands, feeling his presence. And there's I, I think it was just, I'm not under mommy and daddy. This is my own thing. There was an independence there that was powerful. Unfortunately, by the time I was moving into about 16 years old, I started to kind of just want to taste the world, to be honest. And I, I'm going to tell you, I can look back now and clearly see it was the work of the enemy. Clearly, 100%. I wouldn't have known it at the time. So when I tell this, my story, when I share with you the details of my story, it's from a place of understanding now, but I didn't understand then. And I know with full confidence that the enemy used my insecurities, used random words that were spoken to me, spoken over me, um, and and a lot of insecurities that I developed as a young girl. And you know, I, I just I, I I was very insecure, and I started to feel restricted by this Christian lifestyle. I started to feel like, you know what, there is just too many rules. I can't live up to these expectations. I don't think I want to live up to these expectations. And the world looks like more fun. They just look like they're having way more fun. They're, the, the girls at my school are popular. They're party girls. The, they get all the boys' attention. I don't know. There was just so many things going on. And I, I remember by the time I was 17 years old, 17 and a half maybe around that time frame, I remember very clearly making a decision that I did not want to be the good Christian girl anymore. And I did a really, really good job at being the non-Christian girl, the party girl. I mean, I went so full force into a worldly lifestyle. And I'm not going to lie. I, I There's some really funny memories that I have going on in that season. I am still friends with some of those friends today. And so I don't have that story where my experience was that bad. But I will tell you, it never fulfilled me. I still felt empty, and it didn't matter how much attention I was getting, I was still very insecure. And I I know I can look back and go, no, it left scars in my heart. It left brokenness in my heart. It actually, that lifestyle actually fed my insecurities. There was moment, there was moments where it was fun and I felt free, right? Because when you're out just doing your own thing, there, there's this sense of freedom. But it wasn't true freedom. It wasn't the freedom that our souls long for. It was a false freedom. It was actually putting me in a cage. It was actually leaving me susceptible to be hurt even deeper. And the enemy was having a field day in my life. And like I said, I didn't understand what was going on then like I do now. But it left me empty. It left me broken. It deepened my insecurities. And by the time I was 18, I found out I was pregnant. Interestingly enough, it was those years of youth camp and that foundation that was laid in my life, I knew exactly where I needed to go. 
I knew that my lifestyle, even though I was super broken and super insecure, there was, there was something, <laughs> Holy Spirit, that was whispering and wooing me back to the heart of the Father. And I knew I was going to be accepted by him. And I knew that the lifestyle I was living was not a lifestyle I wanted to raise a child in. And I knew I was going to keep this little blessing and, and I was going to be the best mommy that I could possibly be. I was going to get healthy. I was going to get strong. And I ran back to Jesus. I ran back to Jesus. I'm not kidding. My mom brought my mom bought me a new purity ring and I put that thing on boldly and confidently. And I knew, I knew because I was raised in truth that I'm forgiven, that I'm redeemed that I'm a spotless bride, that I'm accepted. And there's something that has gone on inside of the heart of people and maybe the mind that, that something has told you that your past defines you, that you're too far gone, that you're not good enough, that you've blown it too bad. And I'm telling you, if that's you, that is a lie from the enemy of your soul. Jesus died and paid the price for your righteousness. And all you have to do is turn back to him and watch him restore every area of your life. Not sort of, completely and fully, because it's who he is. Jesus did not just die on the cross so that you can go to heaven one day. He died on the cross to transform you. He died on the cross so that you could be in right standing with God the Father and be seen through his blood. He has new clothes for you. You have been given the mind of Christ, empowered with his spirit, to overcome everything that you're going to face moving forward. Jesus paid for your deliverance. He paid for your freedom. He paid for your peace. He paid for your relationship with the Father. It's so much more than heaven. And that's what I've learned over the years. When I went back to Jesus wholeheartedly, with my whole heart, I mean, I was surrendered. This was no longer the way I was raised this was who I am now living for. And I'm going to, here's my little disclaimer. I did not do everything perfectly. So as I share my story, I want you to know that I had to learn to overcome, overcome the traps of the enemy. I had to learn to overcome the temptations and the, the many ways that the enemy wanted to come and um, try to knock me off course again. And there were definitely times where he won. But I'll tell you right now, here, here's something I want you to understand. That is the flesh talking. When you fall into temptation, that is a, that's a giving more power to your flesh than the spirit that's in you. And as I learned and I started to understand what it looked like to crucif crucify my flesh in those moments and live by the spirit, something powerful happened inside of me. All of a sudden, the enemy couldn't tempt me in those areas anymore. And I don't know if you are already all in with God and you are a Christian and you're like, oh yeah, I'm living for Jesus, but you have these areas where you haven't been able to get freedom in. You don't need any more deliverance. You don't need to pray it away. You don't need to beat yourself up and feel like you're not saved or God doesn't love you and all those ways that the enemy just wants to condemn you. And I just want you to know it is an opportunity to learn what it means and what it looks like to crucify your flesh in the moment. Crucify the flesh means you don't give in to it. Okay? You don't give in to that temptation and you say no to the enemy and he has to flee. And you yield to the Holy Spirit. You say, Holy Spirit, come. Come and empower me. 
and it's amazing. There is going to be such freedom and such peace that comes over you in those moments because all of a sudden you're not going to be under the temptation. You're going to be trampling on those snakes and scorpions, understanding what it looks like and what it means to live out your new, new nature in Christ, empowered by his spirit to overcome all the works of the devil in your life. And that's what I learned. And you want to know how I learned this? It wasn't through messages from other people. It was through intimacy with God. It was through that alone space and learning his voice and drawing closer to his heart and knowing that I'm loved and that he's all I need. And he would meet me in these moments as I talked to him, as I walked with him, as I dove into his word, as I learned his voice. Something started changing inside of me. I realized that all those years of thinking that Christianity is a lengthy list of do's and don'ts, God was actually showing me how all of those don'ts were protection. They were a way to secure the walls of my life so that the enemy couldn't torment me and mess with me anymore through depression, through insecurity. As I, as I drew closer to God, he started to show me who I am to him. His word became alive inside of my heart. And I started to realize the thoughts that were in opposition to God's truth. And I started to take them captive, just like the word says. And I started to renew my mind in God's truth. And I chose to believe what God said over what I was feeling. And all of a sudden, I get another breakthrough. I get more freedom. This quiet journey with Jesus over the years started to overflow from my intimacy with him to those around me. And people would tell me, there's something different about you. I, I would get, and I still get to this day, it's like, I don't know what it is. There's, there's just so much joy. There's so much peace coming from you. I don't know what it is. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's, it's real intimacy. It's real relationship. It's the transforming power of Jesus that has invaded my life that starts to ripple out of me and impact the world around me. I didn't know what I was doing, but as I'm journeying with Jesus, Let's, let's fast forward to um, my daughter is almost two and a half. I'm getting married to somebody that I thought was an answer to prayer, turned out to be um, a drug addict. I mean, he just, he went back into his drug addiction lifestyle. He had bouts of rage and anger, unfaithful. There was a lot going on. My home life was definitely in turmoil. There was a lot going on, but my walk with Jesus was so strong that I really just continued to keep my eyes on him, walk with him, listen to him, yield to what he had to, what, yield to what he was saying to me in each moment. And I'll, I'll tell you, I was living in warfare. Again, I didn't really fully understand at the time because I didn't always know what we, he was, my ex-husband was doing behind the scene. A lot of it was kept secret. Um, but I was living in a war zone and that's when I learned how to pray. <laughs> I learned how to take authority in the spirit. I mean, I'm talking, I am anointing the door jams and oil. I am telling the devil that he has got to go. He's got to leave in the name of Jesus. I am praising God through my storm. I'm spending time with him. And what's so interesting is the Holy Spirit started to show me how I even in, how I entered into this marriage from a place of insecurity that I was insecure. And um, so, so interesting. I'm, I'm getting torn down, really. Like, my marriage is kind of, not kind of, it was chaotic. And I'm being torn down in my marriage, but built up in the spirit. How does that happen? Jesus. 
spending time with him. Not going to church, serving, checking, doing, listening to messages, boom, boom, boom. If you've listened to me for any amount of time, I call those crumbs of somebody else's faith. I'm talking about sitting with Jesus at the table that he has prepared for me and eating the meals that he's prepared for me. He knows exactly what's going on in my mind. He knows what's going on in my heart. He knows what I need to be strengthened and empowered through his spirit. And one of the things that he worked on in me in that season was my confidence in him and my identity as a daughter. Over time, I realized that as I was going through my day at the park with my kids, there would be somebody there that needed a word of encouragement. And it, it, it just, it was the Holy Spirit. I know it was. Um, but he was just drawing people to me and I would find them within a few minutes of encountering them and meeting them. They're sharing with me their life stories. They're sharing with me their hurts. They're sharing with me these things that they've gone through and I'm just ministering to them and I'm pouring out what, what's been poured into me and I'm encouraging them, them in the Lord and I'm telling them what God has done for me. They had no idea what my home life was like. How does that happen? Was I faking it until I made it? No, I was so rooted and anchored in my confident trust in the Lord and God was doing something so powerful and so beautiful in my life. It became an overflow. It was natural. Nobody had to tell me to be a light. I was already shining. And I think that's the thing that we're missing a lot of times. I see it all the time in my brothers and sisters. It's like, oh, okay, get out there and try harder and do better and be better. And we're called the lights to the world. And whoops, I messed that one up. And try harder and do better. No, you don't understand. Apart from him, we can do nothing. When we're connected to the vine, when we're truly connected to the vine, he prunes those areas in our lives. And what grows from us is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we can't help it. We are conduits of who he is. We just start shining. That, for me, that's, and I've said it before, it's been years now, but my ministry started on a park bench, <laughs> you know, uh, from, from the park to the pulpit, I guess. But it's true, and it, and it had nothing to do with me, and it, I wasn't trying to do anything. I wasn't trying to be anything. I was just learning to walk with Jesus and allowing his presence and his spirit to build me up. I was diving into his word. I was learning his voice. I was changing. I was becoming transformed. I, I was producing fruit in my life, and the Holy Spirit just started to bring people to my life that I can encourage and love on and point them to Jesus. I remember there was a season where I had a neighbor in Colorado and I would just, I would have my journal time with Jesus in the morning and he would give me this word. I would write it down. I just felt this download from the Holy Spirit and I'm writing it down and, and I'm like, wow, God, that was a good word, you know, and it ministered to me and it was just so powerful and so beautiful. And that's how my writing started, to be honest. Um, and it was so, it was just so beautiful and it spoke to my heart. And all of a sudden I find myself in a conversation with somebody later, uh, in this particular season that I'm talking about, it was my neighbor. Um, and, uh, and she would share something with me and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have a word from God for you. She was not a Christian, <laughs> but you know what? Jesus paid for a relationship for those who are not Christians, right? I mean, hello. And I would be like, oh my gosh. God gave me a word. I know it's for you. I'd go home and I'd tear it out of my journal and I'd give it to her and she'd just weep because Jesus would meet her. Long story short, there was a lot of encounters and there was one point where she opened up and she shared with me some things about her personal life that 
she thought would completely and totally destroy our relationship because she knew my walk with Jesus and she knew what I stood for. I never had to preach at her. I, I, I never preached at her. I just lived Jesus and she saw him and I loved her. And actually the Holy Spirit had already told me about her lifestyle. And there was one moment as she's opening up and weeping and crying. This is, you know, this is after ministering to her and loving on her and just shining Jesus in her life. Um, and I, I, I probably have shared this before, but I'm just going to give a quick re recap. But um, I told her I already knew. I already knew. And she looked at me and, and was just shocked, like jaw dropped shocked. And she's like, so you knew what was going on in my personal life and my lifestyle and you never changed? I said, no, why would I? God loves you. I love you. It's not who you are. And she's like, nobody has ever loved me like Jesus before. I want you to stop and think about that. Are there people in your life with lifestyles that you strongly disagree with and you're treating them out of their lifestyle and you see that you see them through their mistakes instead of the love of the Father? Their lifestyle and their choices is not who they are. It's because of the fall of man. It's because of the sinful world that we live in. It's because of their brokenness. It's because of their insecurities. And I know because I did some stupid, stupid things. I opened myself up to a lifestyle that I, I was like, was that really me? <laughs> and it was through insecurity. The enemy was having a field day in my life, and that's what he's doing. That is what he's doing. We live in a world that is upside down, and there are demonic and dark presences at work and lives around us. And Jesus died for that person that you might be just totally repulsed by their lifestyle. Jesus died for them. He loves them. And he is asking you to love them like he does. Love them into the kingdom of heaven. Shine Jesus Remove the veil from your eyes and ask the Holy Spirit to give you eyes to see what God sees in that person. And you call out their identity. You call out who they are and you love on them. You don't even have to preach at them. You just love them. And a lot of times people will say, you know, well, you know, we, we've, we've got we've to make sure they understand We've got to make sure that they understand what they're doing is wrong. You realize the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts the world? There is a time and a place to encourage somebody to get out of their lifestyle. But when we're walking with the Holy Spirit, we know what to say and what not to say. I've experienced some really beautiful moments with people that they, they would never even walk into a church building because they've experienced some things that are so painful and so hard. And look, you know, I, I'm going to call you higher. As a believer, we are we are called to do away with the old and walk into the new. We are called to become spiritually mature and we should be changing. But what about mercy to somebody who's never met Jesus? They're not your enemy. There's only one enemy and his name is Satan. And he wants to keep them in bondage to their lifestyle and make them feel so shamed by the church, and they never get introduced to the Father's love. So I just want to encourage you today, if you're really struggling with some people in your life, maybe at the workplace, maybe in your neighborhood, look, the church isn't a building anymore. You are the church. You are the hands and feet of Jesus, the body of Christ, empowered with his spirit, 
to release the kingdom everywhere you go, to release his love, and to be a bridge to the Father's heart. I never had a desire to write books, publish books, have a microphone in front of me, do videos. I'm actually a very private, quiet, semi-shy person, believe it or not. Um, It's what God has been doing in my life and this natural overflow where the Lord has just guided me and um, moved in me and through me that brought me to this point. And I remember long before I knew what in the world I was doing. (laughs) I loved being a stay-at-home mom, by the way. I like going to the park every day. Um, I just, I had, they, that's my ministry is still to this day. My family is my ministry. They are for my first ministry. They are my priority. Um, I have such a strong passion to minister to my family and my children. I have this deep, uh, conviction that has always been there where my family is going to get the best of me, not the worst of me. I know we kind of make jokes and like, oh yeah, the people that are closest to you get the worst of you. Okay, can we can we correct that today? Can I call you out? Can I challenge you with something? If we are ambassadors for Christ, if we have the Holy Spirit in us, then what comes out of us should look like him. And you know what? Yes, it is true. Our family is going to squeeze us more than anybody else. They're going to see us more than anybody else. They're going to rub us wrong more than anybody else. And I'm telling you right now what should come out of you is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Your family should be your first and foremost ministry. Those closest to you should see Jesus more than anybody else. Anybody can fake it. I could go to church week after week and put on the Christian smile. I could play nice. I could serve in all the ministries. I can be the yes person. I can get all the accolades, and everybody could think I'm just this amazing, strong Christian, and then I go home and I'm messy. That is not the Father's heart. Your children and your husband or your spouse you know, obviously, if you're a man, married to your wife, you know, you know what I mean, your spouse, right? Your family, the people that you live with, they should see the change. They should feel the peace and the joy off of you. They should see Jesus in you. They should get the best of you. So if you've been living the opposite of that and you've been kind of messy at home, you know what? Today is your opportunity to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me for not making my family a priority. Forgive me for giving myself permission and excuses to stay messy. I'm coming out of agreement of every lie that has said that, you know, those closest to me are going to see the worst of me. God, I want them to see the best of me. I want them to see you. I remember praying that prayer one day. Single mom. I was getting squeezed. I'm going to be all over the place here, but I just feel like I'm supposed to share this. I was getting squeezed. It was hard. I was emotional. I was hurting. My kids were broken. They wanted to know why daddy left. Um, The financial responsibility, the physical, emotional, spiritual responsibility that I was carrying was really overwhelming. And I just remember weeping one day and I said, Lord, no matter what, wherever I go, whatever I do, let my children see you in me. That has been my heart's prayer for a long time. And you know what? God has been faithful. He's honored that prayer. But it took partnering with him, crucifying my flesh. And I'll tell you, I don't do it perfectly. But I've worked really, really hard to crucify my flesh, lean into the Holy Spirit, and allow him to come in me and through me so that what my kids get to see is a facet of Jesus through me. Back to um, what I was going to share a little bit ago. 
I remember being at a women's conference one year, and to be honest with you, this was during my previous marriage. It was a nightmare. It was chaotic. I don't remember how I got there. I didn't leave my kids very often. I know we were poor, so I, I, I must have been sponsored. Somebody must have donated to me. I don't remember who the speaker was. <laughs> I don't remember much of what she said. I do remember a few things, but one of the things she said is she said, say yes to God before you know what you're saying yes to in something along those lines. I'm probably messing it up a little bit, but it doesn't matter. That's the point. The Holy Spirit was doing something so powerful inside of me in that moment. And in my journal, I could probably find it because I have all of my journals. But in my journal, I said, yes, Lord, send me. And I meant it. I meant every word of that. I believe it was about 2007 that I wrote those words in my journal. I meant everything I said. I said, Lord, I'm all in. There, there's Where else would I go? I'm following you. Now, remember, my life is chaos but I have this intimate relationship with Jesus that I'm so anchored and so rooted in him that I'm actually totally trusting him with the chaos that's going on at home. And I'm saying, God, I want to follow you. God, wherever you want to lead me, I am willing. Here I am. I just want to live for you. I just want to serve you. It was 2009 that I filed for a restraining order, I filed for divorce, and I was moving into being a single mom of four kids. And it was crazy because I knew that I was living in chaos. I knew there was a lot of heaviness and a darkness going on around, but it wasn't until I stepped out of that season. And, and now I want to put out a little disclaimer here. Please seek God. Don't just take hard parts of your marriage and decide that you need to go because he's not a Christian or she's not a Christian or they're going through identity crisis or they have something going on. I really pressed in and I actually did not want to leave my husband. I wanted God to provide a miracle. I know what my God is capable of. He is the God that parts the Red Sea. He is the God that raises the dead, heals the sick, redeems and restores. And honestly, that was my prayer for almost nine years. But I also experienced free will, and I know very clearly, I shared on last week's episode, or last episode, God gave me a word that I didn't even want. And so I knew stepping into this divorce, I had the grace, and I was obeying and honoring the Lord. And so that's what I want to encourage you, just real fast, okay? I just want to speak into this real quick. If you are in a hard marriage, don't leave. God is for your marriage. He wants to do something. And he wants you to take your eyes off of your messy spouse and put your eyes on him. Because he wants to use you to shine him, to draw your spouse to a place of breakthrough, healing, and redemption through the Father's love. Stay in your position. I believe that's a word for somebody today. Stay in your position. God has not released you. Keep your eyes on him. When your eyes are on him and off the storm, you can hear him, and you can know what he wants you to do. Back to my situation. I didn't realize the crazy oppression that I was experiencing that season until God, God got us out of it, <laughs> kind of got us out of our Egypt, so to speak. And I just felt this lift, this, this crazy lift of heaviness off of me. I remember weeping. I remember crying. I remember walking my kids to the park and going, oh my gosh, 
wow, I, I don't remember the sky ever being this blue. <laughs> I don't remember the grass ever being this big or this green. And I remember walking down my childhood neighborhood and I saw this tree and I noticed up in the distance there was this huge white flower. I had no idea what it was at the time. I'd never seen it before and I could only see the bottom of it. It's like just this glimpse of this beautiful, beautiful white flower. And uh, it, it really drew my attention. I was just so in awe. I was in awe of, like, it, you know, it was just kind of like a, I don't know, a Snow White moment or something where all of a sudden the, the birds are singing and I just could talk to the animals. I don't know. It, but, and and I, it's kind of silly. But it, it was such a beautiful moment. I just felt like I, I was living in this crazy freedom and I just saw the beauty in life again. And I'm just talking to Jesus and I'm enjoying this new season and down the road I end up having to go through a grieving process but hey you know what that's okay he met me in that season too but but in this particular season I was just so in awe of my God I just I felt so close to him and it's real quick on that flower that I saw in the tree I, I learned that it was a magnolia tree and you know back in 2009 I had never heard of that before didn't know wasn't familiar was so drawn to the beauty of this beautiful giant flower. God was speaking to me through his nature, through his creation. And uh, I, I've, I have that tattooed on my back. I've got magnolias on my back shoulder. So there's there's your little backstory. Your girl's tatted. <laughs> I want another one. Uh, so sorry if that offends you. But hey, you know what? You can take that one up with Jesus. So anyway, um, during that time, I was just you know walking with Jesus and just uh, just experiencing this peace. Uh, in my environment that I had not experienced because I was living nine years in chaos. And I remember washing dishes. I, I lived with my other mother, my mother-in-law in that season. She welcomed us into her home. Well, she really didn't have a choice, but she took us anyway. She loves us. I actually went to her and I said, um, I'm moving in with you, you know, and uh, I, I can't be with your son anymore. And she's she's been incredible. We have such a beautiful relationship still to this day. But I was standing in her kitchen, and in her kitchen of her old house, there were windows to the front yard. And I'm just washing dishes, and I'm just enjoying watching my kids play tag with the little neighbor next door. And I'm just taking it in. I am just like, wow. Oh, it's so neat just to sit here and wash dishes in peace and watch my kids run free in the front yard. And I don't want to paint the picture that this was all easy because it wasn't. I mean, I've shared enough that it was a very challenging season. This is a moment, okay? And I was feeling the peace, and I was just saturated, and I was talking to God. I'm like, thank you, God. Thank you so much for delivering us. Thank you for bringing us into this home where I could just watch my kids play, and and I, I'm just not in the chaos anymore. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this is the first time in my life I've ever had an open vision. I'm not sure if you're familiar but a vision is from God and you are awake and all of a sudden you get this flash picture in your mind and a scene will play out. That's what was happening. And it was, it came in just as fast as it left. So it was very quick. It was very brief. I wasn't thinking about anything. Like I said, I was washing dishes and just enjoying my kids running around on the grass out front. All of a sudden I get this scene of, me standing up on some sort of like convention area and I'm I'm up on the stage <laughs> I, I'm at the pulpit and I've got a microphone and it was just like it came in and then it left and I was like whoa what was that what in the world was that 
And I just kind of stuck it in my pocket. I, I shared it with just my mom and maybe like my closest friend. I was like, this is so weird. I just had this crazy picture and I was standing and I was speaking at this microphone and I'm like, and honestly it terrified me because I, I don't do public. I'm, I'm not a public person. I, I'm just not, I'm like I said, I'm shy, but I knew that was from the Lord and I just held on to that. And over time, just continuing to walk with him, continuing to just move with him and pour out whatever he was pouring into me, just natural. I'm ministering to people. I, <laughs> there was one time um, where I was at the park, right? Hey, that's where my ministry started. I was at the park and, um, and I was encouraging my friend and she was going through a lot of stuff. I, a single mom, four kids, she's married and, um, I'm encouraging her. I, I'm encouraging her and I'm just, I don't even know what our conversation was about, but a guy overheard my conversation with her and after she left and we said our goodbyes, he comes up to me, he goes, hey, are you a counselor or a therapist or something? And I was like, no, I'm not. And he's like, man, what you were telling her, just you, you were counseling her with such wisdom and, um, you know, I, I, I'm just struggling. I'm going through these things. And so he starts opening up and, and I start encouraging him. It's the Holy Spirit. He's counselor. And as we learn to cultivate this intimacy with him and we grow in wisdom and he's counseling us and all of a sudden what's coming out of us is counsel, right? I'm not doing this on purpose. It just continued to happen. It continued to happen in my life. I continued to write. Then I start going through this crazy season of, of, pain and hurt and grief and loss and and I'm and I'm encouraging myself in the Lord I started writing these posts on Facebook I'm like somebody else needs to hear this I may I may have felt dark heavy and emotional in the moment but as I encouraged myself in the Lord to give myself a new perspective I would put those posts out on Facebook and it just kind of it, it just kind of um, grew from there where everything that I do and everything that I say and everything that I share has been what God has shown me, what he's done in my life. There's nothing that I'm going to share with you that isn't something I'm already living, that I'm already breathing. It, it, it's literally an overflow of my time with him. That's what ministry should be. Ministry is not somebody who can preach a good word. Ministry is not something that is disconnected from Jesus. Our lives are supposed to be a ministry of what Jesus has done in our life. I remember in 2015, when I knew the Lord was saying it was time to establish Jillian Ahona Ministries, which is a 501c3, um, I was scared. I was nervous. And I'm like, God, I don't know what I'm doing. And he goes, you don't need to know what you're doing. Just stay connected with me, just like you've always done it. It's not going to be any different. Just stay connected to me. He said, don't worry about writing a message or having the right message. Let your life be the message. So here I am. My friend sent something to me recently. He's on my board. He's incredible. Love his wisdom. Love his heart. Love his faith. And he had said to me, he had this revelation. He said, you know what? Jesus didn't get out of his, or I'm sorry, Peter didn't get out of the boat and walk on water because he had the faith to walk on water. His faith was in Jesus. And that was it. That was such a beautiful revelation. And I said, that's it. That's it right there. The reason I am willing to get out of my boat 
in the storm, in the hard, in the ugly, in the messy. I refuse to stay in my boat no matter what's going on in my life, not because I believe I can walk on water and I've got that kind of faith, but because I've got such a deep and close, intimate relationship with Jesus and I've gone and I've weathered the storms of life with him. He has spoken to my storm. He has spoken to me. He's equipped me. He's empowered me. He's comforted me. And I trust him so much. My confident trust is in him. My faith has increased. And I know that I can get out of my boat and get out of my boat and get out of my boat and walk on water. And he told me, and I don't know if you saw this video that I put out recently, but he said, you will never sink if you keep your eyes on me. And I believe him. The only times that I can look back where I've sunk in my life, where I've doubted, where I've I've let fear override my faith is because I took my eyes off of Jesus. I don't know what I shared today that spoke to you, but I want to encourage you today to pull away with him. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and you were under this misunderstanding that you're strong in your faith and you're strong in your walk if you're going down the checklist Christianity and you're serving at church and you're doing this and you're doing that and check, 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 check and you're just doing all the right things but you're finding that you're just, you don't have the peace, you don't have the joy, you you instantly crumble when life gets hard. I, I want to just kind of point something out. There's been a misunderstanding that has been passed on in our church culture that has stopped us and blocked us from building intimacy with Jesus. We spend so much time serving in ministry that it's replaced intimacy with him. Everything that I've gone through, everything that I've done, everything that I put out is because of intimacy with Jesus. The reason I'm able to weather the storms, the reason why I can walk through it confidently, the reason why what people say about me, what people do to me doesn't shift my identity or my belief system about me because my identity is not in my circumstances or in life, but in Jesus. I find myself in Jesus, and that has only come not through reading somebody else's book, but for, but by sitting at the feet of Jesus. Books are powerful. Messages are inspiring. Devotionals are incredible. We can get revelation and deeper understanding through listening to other people who've gone before us, who've walked the walk. But I'm telling you right now, until you sit with him, you're going to find that life is going to shake you. Jesus paid the price for you to have the boldness and the confidence to enter into the throne room of grace and cultivate a very deep and intimate walk with God the Father. You are empowered with the Holy Spirit, and as you spend time in the secret place, you're going to find that transformation takes place, and you're not even trying to do it. It just happens. When you start believing God at his word because you're in the word, and that becomes a prayer walk with Jesus where you read something and you're like, God, I don't, I don't feel that. Help me, help, help your word go from my head to my heart until it's my truth that I live from. God wants to take you deeper through intimacy. And he wants you to be so rooted in him that your life really is established on the rock. The rock of your salvation. He wants to set you free. He wants to make you whole, and he wants you, and he wants you to know who you are as his child. 
it's time to remove the distractions and the busyness and pull away and get with him. Thank you for joining me today. I'm believing the Holy Spirit met you powerfully through this week's episode of Not Just Talk. Now for the real part. Let's take this conversation beyond talk and live it in our daily lives. Amen? Don't forget to check out my newly released book. I'm really excited. It's called Ripple Effect, a transformational journey into God's heart that will change you from the inside out. It's available now on your favorite online bookstore, Amazon, or you can order a signed copy direct through my website, jillianahonan.com. Also, did you know that we have a ministry app where you can receive direct notifications for everything we have going on beyond this weekly podcast? Just search Jillian Ahonan Ministries in your app store and download it for free. And please, I'd love to see your face on social media. Connect with me on my public Facebook page or on Instagram. I hang out there daily. Don't forget to subscribe and come back next week for another episode of Not Just Talk. Hugs and blessings, family.